We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2023 Rocket Mortgage Classic Picks. First look, course preview, the field where we're going to be breaking down all of the stats. Normally, the Listener's League is available as of right now. It is currently not available as of right now. Why, do you ask? They didn't send me the link. I'll have it for Monday's show, or if I get it sometime on Sunday evening, I'll add it to the YouTube video because I cannot update the description of the audio podcast. So if you're looking for it, there you go. All the walkthrough today is presented by FantasyNational.com, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, to get yourself 20% off all of the research tools, the lineup generator, the ownership projections that you need to get yourself situated for the entire week. But let's talk about the Detroit Country Club. It's a it's a month earlier than it normally is. This usually happens after the 3M Open, which happens after the Open Championship. With the schedule realignment, uh, that's not so much the case anymore. I don't think the course is going to play markedly different, although I guess they'll have more daylight during the afternoon rounds to squeeze everything in, so less of a chance that it actually rolls into Saturday. I mean, that was more of a problem earlier in the year. We haven't experienced that in some time unless we get bad weather, so hopefully everything is done by Friday evening to make sure that you know who made the cut and who didn't end up making the cut. And the field this year is a little bit stronger than it's been in years past. And we'll talk about that when we do the modeling and try to assess what we want to do at the very top of the betting board or the DraftKings board and the different styles of rosters that we are going to try to construct. Because there's 156 players in this field. So it's full field, top 65 and ties end up making the weekend at Detroit Golf and Country Club, and I guess we should just try to take a look. And shout out to our friends at uh, ABC Detroit for uploading this flyover that is not old, although they did not update it in an HD format, so... It looks like it's from like 2005. It's kind of creepy, uh, the low quality of this. So I, it's not on me, it's on them. But thank you for uploading because it's the only one that I could find that we can actually use. So let's jump over to that right now and take a look at this course. It's a super easy course by and large. Like the, the past winning scores, three of the past four years, it's only been in existence 
four years, you know, minus 26, minus 23, minus 25. That was the year that Nate Lashley went wire to wire. You could not bet on him as first round leader or to win the tournament because he was a Monday qualifier and they just didn't update the books as quickly in 2019. Cam Davis did win in a three-man playoff at minus 18 in 2021 when he had that heroic chip in to get himself into the playoff and then ended up winning in the playoff. But to take a look at the course in large, the Pete Dye portion of the schedule is now over. We're moving to the Donald Ross phase, but since it has moved a month in advance, we're not getting the Donald Ross courses in rapid succession. It it would go Detroit and Sedgefield back-to-back weeks, and then three weeks later, Eastlake for the Tour Championship would all be Donald Ross designs. And the Rocket Mortgage Classic is actually an amalgamation of both courses at Detroit Golf Club, a lot like we saw at Oakdale, uh, where they utilized all of the holes from each of the three nines in Canada to make one super course. There's been some rerouting for this tournament, which includes a hole from the south course. The south's first hole will function as the tournament's third hole. It will be played from the north course's first tee box. So it's kind of wonky like that. So if you actually play that course over and over, this is not the course that you're going to see in tournament play. One of the most generous courses on the PGA Tour, off the tee, the field has hit over 50% of its drives over 300 yards in Detroit while finding the fairway at a 65% clip. That's well above the average tour driving distance for a tournament and well above the fairways hit at a tournament. So unsurprisingly, this is where Bryson tested out the strategy that resulted in him winning the U.S. Open in 2020. Bryson became the first PGA Tour winner to lead the field in strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained putting during the shot link era that year and he also led in driving distance at 351 yards and it was unclear at that time whether or not that strategy would actually hold up for other players over the years or if it was just kind of a Bryson thing because he's sort of an outlier we look at it but in the two years since driving has proven to play a major role in success at the top not as much as putting because this is primarily a putting contest and yeah listen approach is going to be worth more than strokes gained off the tee we'll see that we dig into fantasy national here in a minute however the gap at the very top between driving and approach is far less than it is at a lot of courses where sometimes you see approach being three three and a half times as meaningful as driving to the top five or to the winner here it's kind of flat across and Despite being over 7,300 yards, it's actually much shorter than that. Every year I talk about Riviera being right around the same distance, but because of you know a short par 3, a short par 5, and a short par 4, and all the elevation changes, that it actually plays a whole lot longer. Detroit's kind of the opposite of that. There are four par 4s measuring between 450 and 500 yards, but the average driving distance is over 300 yards, so those holes don't actually play all that long, and they're not uphill. Uh, so then you add on three of the four par 5s, which can't protect themselves against eagles. You have an average approach distribution that resembles a lot like what we saw at the Travelers this week. Of course, that measures just over 68 100 yards and the majority of approaches will be coming in from under 175 yards that's scoring time that's why you're seeing the winning scores be minus 20 or better Uh, so when we get into the modeling here in a second uh, we'll take a look at the players that play easy courses really well so it's time to hop over to fantasynational.com and kind of dig a little bit more into what we're seeing at the tournament level in terms of how the course actually breaks itself down. It's bent grass greens with a mix of POA 
in them. Uh, you can see the eagle rates on some of these holes. Uh, they, they get up there. There's three of them, three of the par five, 7, 14, and 17 that are 2% or more. Uh, number four doesn't generate a ton of eagles. That's one where guys actually lay up a little bit. You see... You know, it's not a difficult hole. It's parred 61% of the time, birdied 31% of the time. Just the other holes. It's the it's the hardest of the par fives, which still makes it the fourth easiest hole on the course. But this is what I wanted to get to. You can see the gap between driving and approach amongst the top 10 finishers. It's about double for approach and off the tee, whereas around the green starts to come into play a little bit. And a stroke per round on the greens is going to get you inside the top 10 if you do everything else well. Now let's filter it to the top five finishers and see what we we got going on here well all of a sudden 0 0.4 0 0.8 it's still about double for approach around the green means a little bit less but you can see now amongst the top five finishers putting continues to soar up uh, again putting contest but the winners that we've seen driving off the tee a substantial upgrade approach doesn't really change from the top 10 to the top five amongst the winners neither does around the green but you see the big boost in strokes gained off the tee and the putting you're up around 1.5 per round so we're going to look at easy courses when we do the modeling and then we're going to put off the tee driving distance and putting into a model it's going to tell us patrick rogers is going to win but then you know we know patrick rogers isn't going to win now that i've said that he's probably going to win however that's just kind of interesting to see a lot of this is based on like what bryson did that one year but cam davis was very similar in that regard finau was just fantastic and we'll take a look at those numbers you see the strokes gained average per hole of the winners yeah they, nothing on the par threes tread water on the par fees beat up on the par fives uh, and hold your own on the par fours and be able to score on those a little bit so we'll reset that to top 10 that gives us a better guide of players who are going to be in contention overall. Uh, you see those four longer par fours. There's also four really short par fours between 350 and 400 yards and another two below 450. You have the one difficult par three. The rest of them, though, pretty easy. Uh, and the average shot distribution, which you can see, you know, 150 to 175, 20 percent, 125 to 150, 17 percent. So again, just a lot of flick wedges into these greens. Can you heat up in terms of the putting? We've seen the cut line actually go down each of the past two years, minus two each of the past two years. It was minus four before that. Again, uh, I mean, I'm having a terrible week in terms of outright betting in the top fives, but that big one that I gave out on the show on Monday, the 62 players or more under par for the tournament, I think 101 ended up being, I actually made it a winning week for me. I bet so much on it because that was a misprice. And it seems like these extra markets, depending on how much you can get down, not a bad scan very early in the week. It closed at minus 190 and we got it and gave it out at plus 115 on Monday. So just keep an eye on little markets like those, um, you know, where this field is, I wouldn't say considerably stronger than years past, but uh, it's interesting to see that the cut line has gone down so the course is playing a little bit more difficult it's funny that the cut line is minus two and the winning score is minus 26 that's crazy to me to think about it seems like this cut line should be like minus four minus five minus six but we'll see how it ends up going this year driving accuracy higher than normal greens and regulation 72 percent versus the 65 percent of your average scrambling easier here than most places three putts lower very easy course and the average driving distance again 296 versus 283 of your average pga tour event and the green and regulation proximity on these 5,000 square foot greens so a little bit smaller than your average still closer to the hole than, than normal so it's it's an easy track who is going to end up with the hottest putting week that's always very difficult to discern so the best we can do is try to figure out eagles birdie or better percentage opportunities gained and try to mix those all in to see what we got going on 
the history of this tournament. As I mentioned, oh, Aberg's playing, so it's just Aberg's probably going to win. Actually, there's probably like one guy that I'm going to bet on and be very upset when he ends up missing the cup. But hey, that's just the way it works sometimes. So overall, strokes gain total, looking at it over the four years of history, J.J. Spawn has played this the best. Troy Merritt, Finau. Finau has the win. He's only played He's only played it twice and has the third most strokes gained. Kirk Lashley with a win, with a win and two missed cuts. Cam Davis has the win. He's made the cut and won each of the past two years. So top 14, a T14, and a first place finish. Sungjae has made the cut three of three, three of four years, three of three years that he's played. Wallace has played really well. Wallace has played, Wallace was a disaster at Travelers. But when you look at his splits, between I think he was dead last at the Travelers but when you just kind of take a look at his listen elevated event non-elevated he finally actually missed a cut at a non-elevated event but for a while he was kind of cleaning up at these tournaments that weren't elevated events uh, culminating with the win at Corrales and then he started playing in the stronger fields but he's been off lately so maybe uh, not too much out of him when we try to make our picks for the week taking a look at 2002 Finau wins uh, he was tied for the lead after a 64 on Thursday, it was the start of a consistent week that saw him card four rounds, 67 or better. So a lot of bonus points on DraftKings. Three of the top four in strokes gained off the tee for the week, finished inside of the top 10, except for Chris Goderup, who led the field in strokes gained off the tee and somehow came in 40th place because that's what happens when you're Chris Goderup. Cameron Davis, the year before... We saw with the win that was in the playoff against Merritt and Neiman, uh, he shot 67-68 all four rounds. It's, again, the consistency. He was five back after Thursday. Each of the top 11 finishers gained strokes in both approach and putting. Five of them gained at least two strokes in both categories. We talked about 2020. Uh, A lot of guys who went to live ended up uh, playing really well at this tournament in 2020. He picked up six strokes on Sunday over Wolf by posting his best round of the tournament with a 65. That would be Bryson. He carded 67 or better all four days. Five of the top seven putters ended up inside the top 10, including a tournament best eight strokes gained putting by Bryson. He also led in strokes gained off the tee. And then there's this weird Nate Lashley year. Lashley, Redmond, Brian Stewart, Brant Snedeker. What what a tournament in 2019. Uh, He was a shot clear of the field after Thursday because he shot a 63, and he just did that and kept moving on. Uh, 11 of the top 12 finishers in strokes game putting in the field from 5 to 10 and 10 to 15 feet uh, ended up inside the top 10. So Lashley was plus 9.2 cumulative in both those categories. So he just made all of his mid-range putts and went on his way. So if it's going to be it's going to be hard to back. I mean, we can always see bad putters become good putters all of a sudden, but uh, you probably want to back someone who can make some putts at this tournament. It's funny cuz Finau ended up just destroying it. We've seen that from time to time where he just gets really hot with his putter. Go and take a look at the field overall. So the biggest players in the field, Ricky's gained the most strokes of anyone over the past 50 rounds. Let's just immediately shrink this down to past 12 to see who has the best form coming into play it's probably still ricky at this point coming into this tournament we're seeing he's having another good week at the travelers championships you have ct pan who's played the heritage and donald ross courses pretty well throughout the course of his career not a good travel travelers championship for him uh, almost suffering from matt wallace syndrome uh this week in hartford but ricky's still number one you got hubbard gim ekro morikawa the big names in the field this week at the very top you got finau has returned to defend hideki 
Homa, Tom Kim, Sung Jay, JT, Morikawa, and Ricky Keegan in English would likely be the next two up on that list. And then it's a lot of guys just kind of in the mid-tier of everything that's going on. But the top 10 in terms of strokes gained total for the past 12 rounds entering play, Fowler, Pan, Hubbard, Gim, Ekro, Morikawa, Harris, English, Ben Ann, Lee Hodges, has someone who I backed at this tournament last year. I think he was tied for the lead or one off the lead and then just had a disastrous Saturday. Uh, Andrew Putnam is 10th. Hideki, Straka, Shank, Rye, Sir, Andrew Novak. These stats will update after the Travelers Championship if you do want to go and check back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's check in on the custom model, see what we got cooking for, well, at least last year, and see how it was doing for us. Where's Rocket Mortgage? Our, our, our Detroit's East Lake, Detroit. Okay. So what did we have for Detroit last year? We had a lot on the go. We had Eagles and par fives at 5% apiece, par fours, 300 to four, 350 to 410 opportunities gained. So scoring opportunities, 15%, putting 10%, just overall, ball striking 5% off the tee. So we have approach at 20%. I'm going to dial back approach to 10% because I already have opportunities gained at 15%, which is an approach stat and jack up off the tee to 20% this time around. Proximity, 125. Yeah, we just have a lot of approach stats in general, so we don't need to overweight strokes gained approach. So maybe that was something that I had done very poorly a year ago. Hell, we're going to dial back opportunities gained too because we do have two proximity ranges, 125 to 150, 150 to 175 at 5% apiece. Uh, you can see we have putting 5 to 10 feet. So we're going to drop off the tee for a moment, add in 10 to 15 feet foot or 10 to 15 foot putting to go along with it. And then we're going to reintroduce strokes gained off the tee and see what that ends up leaving us. We want to weight that at 20%. Uh, and we'll go, you know, call 
5 to 10 feet, 8%, 10 to 15 feet, 7% plus. So it's a big weight on putting this week. We probably don't need it on the overall because we've just added another one. So we'll take away 5 from strokes game putting, make that 5%, and go back to approach and call that 15%. So just a few tweaks here and there, see what that ends up giving us on the model this week. Hopefully it's going to be something good. Uh, Let's see, Ricky... Morikawa, Finau is my guess is the top three. Maybe Keegan, because Keegan's playing some very good golf coming in. But over the past, this is 12 rounds we're looking at right now. CT Pan, Ekrot, and you. Is that Brandon Yu? Chen An Yu, Byun Hun, and Doug Gim. It's funny that we have all these putting stats actually weighted, and these guys still pop out to be all right. Who is the best from the 5 to 10 range? Lower English champ. Percy, Carl Wan, Robbie Shelton, Justin Su, Homa, O'Hare. I mean, the back end of this field is not strong. Morikawa actually good from that range and like the worst guy in the field from 10 to 15 feet. So let's try 10 to 15 feet. So, so Justin Su, you know, had a very poor Saturday at the Travelers, but continues to make cut after cut after cut. And you can see just how good the putting has been for him. Uh, you can see on bent, you know, he's still good on bent. Poa, he really cleans up. But just check out this putting stretch. Like, like at least three strokes gain putting in each of his past four and at least 3.3 in seven of his past eight events. I have no idea how the putting stroke is going at the Travelers Championship. Uh, if he's having a bad week, it might be a little bit all over the place. The issue with him is that he's just not going to gain a ton off the tee. Uh, the most he's gained off the tee at any tournament was the PGA Championship, which was more of an accuracy-based place. Ditto with the Honda Classic, another accuracy-based course. Coincidentally, his best ball striking week like ever is the one week that he loses strokes putting. Uh, but you're generally seeing him like break even at best. That might not be enough to cut it at this event, uh, just based on how the history has gone. He'd really have to gain a lot of strokes off the tee. But we can rewind this a little bit and go past 24 rounds. Take a bit longer views. I mean, 12 rounds past three tournaments that these guys have played. Again, not factoring in what has happened at the Travelers Championship because that will not get updated until ShotLink posts the data. So I'm guessing very late on Sunday evening or very early on Monday morning. So if we zoom out a little bit more past 24 rounds, it's Ekrot, Fowler, Hideki, you, you, and Ben Martin. Lucas Glover, Aaron Rye, Hayden Buck, loves to fuck. Taylor Moore, Seb Straka, Keegan Bradley, Cam Davis, Carson Young, once again. But let's take a look at the off the tee numbers. Who are the best guys off the tee? It's Ben Ann, Brent Grant, Higo, S.H. Kim, Chan An Yu, Chun An Yu, Ekrot, Luke List, Cam Davis, Sung Will Gordon, Sam Bennett is up there as well. I actually kind of lost track of what he was up to at the Travelers. Let's take a look at Aberg, because I bet you if we do it per round, on average, yeah, look at some of these gaudy numbers. And we can go take a look at them as well. We can take a look at what's happening this week at the Travelers. We just need to switch back to the Travelers and take a look at the in-tournament stats. I'm recording this before the start of the fourth round. So we'll just look at all rounds, and we'll take a look at the total numbers that we have coming in with here. There we go. Uh, what's Aberg up to? Aberg's having a good week. Why? Well, he's been bad on approach, the putting, and the driving. Really good. All right, so Aberg is in. He's going to be like 40 to 1 or something like that. But the guy looks like he's absolutely legit. How did Bennett do? Bennett missed the cut. 
couldn't putt, save his life. But the ball striking continued to be really good for him, even though he ended up with a miscut. You're seeing Ricky's putter catch fire, but everything is good across the board. You're not going to contend at this tournament in a shootout, even as we see this week. Like, you're around the green doesn't need to be the best at Detroit, but you can't be, like, sinking. Like, even if you have, like, in these Lucas Herbert weeks where you're, like, minus .01, like, that's fine <laughs> going into it. Uh, and are we seeing the return of Justin Thomas? Everything is back. The driving's okay. The approach is immaculate. Or ground the green is good. Still can't putt, but it looks like he's leading the field in Tina Green. Uh, Thomas, Keegan, Scheffler, Connors, Palmer all up there, tee to green. So who are the best putters in the field? This one, my God, Shez. Shez and Minwoo. Like, Min, this is a, Minwoo is playing over at the Betfred British Masters next week. I believe that's next week. And I think he is playing over there. But this would be a perfect Minwoo course. Drive it a ton, putt a bunch. It's all you really need to do. You'd think that Ekro would be having a better week. He just can't hit approaches whatsoever uh, coming into it. Let's see how his approach game has been previous to that. He had gained in five consecutive tournaments. So it might be a nice buy low. I mean, as low as you're going to be able to buy on Ekro, where you're betting at 200 to 1. But the stats continue to be really good for Austin Ekro. So I continue to look at that. Uh, I mean, Putnam made the cut, but it's all putting related. Take a look at off the tee this week. Cam Davis. Cam Davis heating up at the right time, but losing four strokes putting. We obviously know that he can putt on these greens. So Cam Davis needs to be back on the radar just a little bit for some people. I mean, Doug Gim, another one. I bet Gim this week. He's in 23rd place. Can't make a putt, but that's nothing new for Gim. As we take a look at it, you can see guy can't putt to save his life, but the off the tee and the approach starting to look really good again. The approach is a bit down this week, but the driving, really good. Uh, I bet Alex Smalley in Detroit last year. He's actually having a good week. Maybe he can keep it up with his putting. Even if he drops back a little bit, you're getting a screenshot of what's going on through three rounds. So don't let a bad Sunday deter you on some of these guys. Aberg just crushing it right now. How did he hit his irons in Canada? Because I know he gained a bunch off the tee. He hit them well enough. Okay. And, like, the driving was bad at Arnold Palmer, but, you know, two water shots and you're absolutely cooked in there. So he's been good on approach in general anyway. The chipping and putting, I mean, the chipping's really good this week. The putting has been kind of hit or miss, but the putting is good this week at the Traveler. So maybe another spot to give him some consideration. I wish Aaron Rye was having a better week. It's funny, zero gained on approach. It is an elevated event, something he doesn't play often. But you can see at non-elevated events, which this is this week in Detroit, 7.4 strokes gained on approach, 8.2 strokes gained on approach. Both shorter courses, but again, I think that this one's going to play a little bit shorter and against the non-stacked competition like we saw at Memorial. So maybe we can go back to Aaron Rye again next week. Who else off the tee is having a week? Finau's having a great week everywhere besides putting. That probably means he wins by 100 strokes. Always fun to see when it comes down to that. Morikawa having a really had a really good off the tee. He had just a really shitty first round and then rebounded bigly, yet still missed the cut on the number. Uh, Hideki is having a great week, ball striking wise. Can't really putt all that much, but it's pretty close. So you know you can't just discount Hideki out of nowhere. Bradley having a good week. Kitayama Sam Stevens having a good week again off the tee. He was cut, but you know, the ball striking numbers end up being really good. Let's take a look at that right now, just in case there's a few guys who missed the cut, but ball striking numbers might be pretty good. Uh, we'll see here. Taylor Pendrith, who was second at this tournament last year to Tony Finau. 
know, decent ball striking week, 1.2 in only two rounds. Streelman had a very good approach week. That was about it for him. Byunhan An gained across all three T to green metrics. Couldn't putt, missed the cut on the number. Tom Kim is in 47th, so he's actually moved backwards, but his ball striking has been really good again. Can't chip. It's been like a three-hole stretch, 10, 11, and 12. It's just eaten him up all week. Cam Davis, as previously mentioned, very good. Brandon Wu couldn't chip, couldn't pop. Gained, gained over two and a half strokes ball striking-wise. Most of that off the tee. Is Brandon Wu playing in the field? Let's see. Woo-hoo, Brandon Woo. There he is. There's Brandon Woo. Plays these short par threes, par fours really well. Great in proximity from the key range off the tee. Not, you know, better than average. But let's take a look at Brandon Wu. I haven't thought about Brandon Wu in a while. Probably should have because he was top 10 uh, at Oakdale, another amalgamation course. And when he plays well, he gains a ton off the tee and he gains a ton on the green. So Brandon Wu, welcome to the list. Trying to get that figured out for us. Just un petit peu, un little bit. What else do we got going on here from maybe some hidden guys? Russell Knox, well, he does that. Minus five on approach. Wow. Tough scene for old Russell Knox, usually his bread and butter. Uh, Sam Stevens, as I mentioned, gained 2.3 ball striking-wise. Sam Bennett, 2.1. So all these guys are live options. The problem is they can't putt to save their lives. Here's an interesting Brendan Todd week. Lost off the tee, lost around the green, lost on the green. Gained 4.1 strokes on approach in two rounds. Don't see that too often. Oh, my God. Merton Laird absolutely destroyed it. TD Green lost six strokes putting. Spawn. Maybe Spawn is the look. We talked about Spawn. We did the course history. Gained a bunch off the tee. Lost four strokes putting overall. However, bad on Bentgrass. That's not a hot start. But we'll take a look. A Memorial, he was very good tee to green. He's been very good tee to green this week. If we can just catch a hot putting week from, you can see it, the Rocket Mortgage. Two top 15 finishes in four years. Was eighth place a year ago. Has made the cut each of the four years. And he has putted the lights out at Detroit Country Club three of the four years, despite not being a very good putter. So J.J. Spawn getting the star next to his name. I'm throwing it out here now. I think Ricky, I'm probably just going to bet Ricky at like 12 to one to win this tournament. Maybe stack up some of these guys towards the back end, but that's sort of the route that I want to be taking this week. It just feels like he is going to win. Justin Lower, wow, minus 4.7 on the greens. And it's funny, when we looked at the putting, generally, like putting is his jam. Better on Bentgrass. Look at the stretch coming in. Gained almost eight at the RBC Canadian Open. Gained in the four previous to that as well. And you can see how much it can flip just in a moment. Minus 4.7 on the green. Great with his approaches, though. So maybe lower rebound week. Molinari ball striking was actually quite good. Troy Merritt's ball striking. There was another name that came up. Game 5.4 strokes on approach in only two rounds. Uh, Siwoo, uh, just minus seven strokes putting. He three putted three times in like a stretch of like five holes from inside 20 feet. It was a tough scene for Siwoo this week. I've been there, but I'm also not a professional golfer. Um, at least that's what they tell me. I'm not getting paychecks for actually when I hit the course. So there are some names uh, that pop out that missed the cut that are all going to be in the field this week. Um, so just you know, keep that in mind as we're going forward. Go back to the model and check out past 24 rounds. 
once again. Um, Eagles might be more of a long-term. If you do want to gauge long-term stuff like, hey, who are the best Eagle-type players in the field? Well, you can reset the last rounds to, I don't know, past 100 or something like that, past 75, and add it to your mixed condition model. And then you can try to use the more recent sets. Oh, I want to use really hot on approach the past 24 rounds, past 12 rounds. Just reset everything, then add that column in to your mixed condition model. I usually do that later on during the week, um, but that's... whatever uh proximity 125 to 150 short term coming in ben martin how did chuck hoffman do after the u.s open and a very nice u.s open for chuck hoffman standards uh end up coming t49 but you know that's some of the best work that he's done in a very long time but the ball striking has been really good for charlie hoffman dude just cannot putt it's tough scene out there for him tom kim great from that area tom kim was top 10 uh in this tournament last year we saw the ball striking was actually quite good for him this week so maybe another look for him ct pan has been good in both ranges tom hoagie very good in both ranges Dietrich, did Dietrich make the cut i can't i can't imagine Dietrich made the cut because i played him in lineups that usually means eh, wrong can't do anything to save their lives what's jagger jagger was top five in detroit last year he not playing the u.s open crazy stuff played really well at the pga championship it might be over for him at the moment, but we'll dig into him more later on during the course of the week. So there's a lot that we can go through here, but if we just try to do a different model and we take a look at driving and putting. So this is accuracy resort, distance and short game. Let's call this distance and short game. Driving distance, we're going to get rid of fairways gained. We're going to go driving distance, try to set this up in a certain way We'll add off the T, and then we'll add proximity, 125 to 150, and then we're going to add in a bunch of putting stats. So we're going to go with 5 to 10 feet, 10 to f- I don't want that. Don't want par threes from that random range that there are no par threes. The par threes at my course are at that range. Let's see here. We're going to go 10 to 15 and 15 to 20 feet. And just try to parse it out this way. Like, what are the actual key elements that we want this week? Uh, So we're going to put distance at 25. We're going to put off the T at 25. Then we're going to put this proximity range at 20. Then we're going to go 10, 10, and 10 in these putting ranges to give ourselves a sense of who's going to bomb it, hit their gap wedges really well, and try to make some of those putts. And we're going to load that in and see if there's any random names that can pop out that maybe you know, didn't show up the first time through because they don't play a certain range of par threes well or whatever it might be. Sometimes we can get bogged down in the minutia of exactly what a course says on paper rather than just intuitively thinking through what we want to do this week. Fowler, S.H. S-H Kim. I didn't realize S.H. Kim would hit the ball so far. But 15th in driving distance over the past 24 rounds. Cam Davis, once again. So I'm going to put another star next to Cam Davis on my sheet. Ben Ann, Bramwagon, Bradley, Trevor Cohn. Okay. Trevor Cohn is someone who makes some. Carl Wan. Carl Wan, 14th in driving distance, top 20 in both of the key ranges uh, in terms of putting. And then, you know, 81st 
125 to 150. So that's not the greatest. You see Ekrot, if he could just putt from 10 to 15 feet, he'd be amazing. Wish he hit the ball a little bit longer. Jagger does rate out really well in almost every category, except for when you get to putting. Same as Vince Norman. Who are some rando other names that are up here? Jimmy Walker? Okay. Luke List, obviously the putting is going to hold him back, although he is decent at putting from 15 to 20 feet, just not in close. Maybe hit the ball a little bit farther away from the hole on approach, and all of a sudden we got a stew going for you. Uh, Tom Kim, the putter, holding him drastically back. Let's take a look at it this way, 125 to 150, and see who matches up in ter terms of driving distance. Okay, Nikolai Hoygaard is someone. Can't putt to save his life over the past little bit, but that's okay. Sung Yul No is another one. Good distance. Good proximity range on those wedges. Who else? Vince Norman again continues to be up there. So Norman, 2N Norman, is going to end up making the short list here when we take a longer view of what's going on. We saw Ryan Palmer having a pretty good week at the Travelers, and that proximity range has been quite good. So that's not crazy. Ekrot continues to pop up here every single time. Oh, Batia. Well, of course, Batia is going to make the list, although the putting splits are not great for old Akshay. Who can be up there in terms of, let's say, 10 to 50? Let's sort by putting. Cam Davis. Cam Davis kind of seems to be the one uh, who continues to be up there. Ryan Brem. Okay. Carl Wan. So crazy Carl. Definitely getting a look this week. It's funny that Finau doesn't rank highly on any of these. We just go by driving distance. Banana's second in driving distance. That's crazy to think of. Will Gordon, actually. If he could just hit a fucking wedge to save his life, he'd be fine here. Let's see. Davis Riley, Cam Davis. Where the hell is Finau? Is Finau just like, yeah, I'm not showing up for any of this. Just been playing poorly, uh, especially in these key stats. We saw that he was doing all right at the Travelers. But, yeah, it's been kind of a struggle for him. He played well at the U.S. Open. The driver has just been so hit or miss. When he finally drove it well in Mexico, it all came together for him. But the putting has just been a disaster across the board. Maybe this is a place where he can get it back going. That seems like it's kind of doubtful at the moment, although this is a place where he won a year ago in terms of a back-to-back -back win, and we know that he can just get hot out of nowhere. So always keep that in mind when we're thinking about a lot of these things. Dietrich, Jagger, Sung Yil No, Nick Hardy all rate out pretty well, as does Seb Straka. Gordon Sargent is another one. We see Batia distance in irons, Keegan distance in irons. Now we're getting towards like the bottom half of the field in terms of distance. Not that these guys are dead in the water by any means, but it seems like based on the historical profile that we're trying to look at, not exactly what we want to see this time around. I did say that we'd look at easy courses, so we are going to do that right now. Strokes gained easy. See who pops up over the past 24 rounds. Hell, let's do let's change up the range a little bit. Go to past 12 rounds and just look at scoring relative to par. Easy. Click on the filter, and now we're going to set it by average and take a look at strokes gained total. Bennett. Finau, Dietrich, Hoagie, Smalley, your top five. So another check for Smalley as we continue to go through things. Batia up there as well. Hoygaard. So we've got to give Hoygaard some credit here in terms of we, he showed up in the proximity range. He showed up in driving distance off the tee. It's the putting that's been a problem because he's losing 0.8 per round, not how you're going to contend at a birdie fest. Maybe you catch a hot week, but it seems like he'll be relatively undervalued. That is a, let's see, that's only six rounds of data because, let's see, RBC Canadian missed the cut, Memorial missed the cut. It's been a bad go for him. 
let's take a look how he's been doing in Europe if he has been playing. Nikolai Hoygaard last played at, no, that was his last start, at the Canadian Open. So he has not been back over unless he is playing this week in Germany, which I am not sure whether he is or whether he is not. Played well at the Italian Open, played well at Putkana. So the total numbers are actually going to be out pretty well because Putacana played relatively easy. Duncan, Sungjae Fowler, Damon, Hadwin, hopefully his ribs are okay after getting tackled. Tom Kim, Harry Hall, uh, another guy who just can kind of continues to pop up, obviously played really well at Colonial. Uh, horrible with his irons until he got to the Canadian Open, actually hit them quite well. But the dude is a putting sensation, chipping sensation. Wish he was better off the tee. That would probably help out a little bit more. But we can see that he's can be up there. Higo plays it pretty well. Jaeger plays it pretty well. Uh, let's go to birdies or better. So scoring stats, birdies and bogeys. And we'll take a look at birdies or better gained on easy courses. Uh, birdies or better gained, the best in the field, Duncan. And again, this is just on easy courses. Duncan, Hoagie, Palmer, Homa, Batia, Finau. Now we're getting some Finau in our life. Vince Norman, again, another check for Vince Norman. Kazire, JT, Fowler, Dietrich, Redman, Dylan Wu. I mean, I like Brandon Wu. Apparently Dylan Wu is way better. Sam Ryder, Hoygaard, Smalley again. Harry Hall, Byunhan Ann, Tom Kim. So a lot of Tom Kim, a lot of Ekrot there he is down there. A lot of Vince Norman. Batia continues to rear his head up at the top of some of these lists. So very interesting the way that we can go over some of these guys this week. Because honestly, as it tends to be the case with a lot of these tournaments, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have to pick your poison at the top and you're going to have to get lucky with which guy at the top ends up coming through for you. And that's where the luck factor is going to play. But I feel like we can nail some of the guys deeper down the board, maybe not for a win or even a top 10, but to finish inside the top 25 and score very well, I think we have considerable options this week in a field of 156. And maybe we'll get a good pricing on one or two guys, be able to jam them in. And then you can, in your DraftKings lineups, if you're playing a lot of multi-entry, you can kind of spam the top. And that way you can expand your player pool of trying to get lucky between Listen, if you're going to ask me between Finau, JT, and Morikawa, which one is going to play better, I have no idea. I mean, I never have any idea, but I seem incredibly lost at this point in the top when we get to one of these events. So the more shots that you can take and spread around the wealth at the top and really focus the bottom, when I talk it out with Tambo on Wednesday, I feel like that is where my strategy is going to lie in constructing both DraftKings lineups, maybe top 10 bets, top 5 bets, long shot winners, that kind of thing, where I can really hammer down. It's looking like it's going to be J.J. Spawn and Vince Norman, Crazy Carl Juan. I mean, Batia, Batia is just an auto bet for me every single week. One of these weeks he's going to putt, and one of these weeks he's going to win. Alex Smalley was another one. Ekrok continues to pop up. Cam Davis as an outright winner. I'm going to plant my flag with Ricky. At least that's where I feel like I'm going to go at this point. Things can always change. I doubt that Jeff is going to talk me out of Ricky bets on Monday, but this is what we've been waiting for. We keep talking about. We need him to play one of these weaker field events where he can go out and get that win that feels like it can be coming this week. So when we guess the odds for this tournament, uh, I think that Ricky's going to be the second favorite. I do think that Finau will be the favorite. I have him coming in at 9-1. to one. Ricky and JT, your next two, both at 12-1. to one. Now that JT is actually hitting the ball well again, everyone's back in on JT. Just got to happen. Colin Morikawa, 14-1. to one. Hideki, 18-1. to one. Homa, 
20 to 1. Then I have Tom Kim and Sung Jay both at 22 to 1. Keegan at 28. English at 33. Now, if Keegan wins the Travelers, then all of a sudden he's like 18 to 1 or 20 to 1 or something like that. And he's going to lose his points. But I have it factored in with a good finish for him at the Travelers. Just not a win would give him 28 to 1. A win will obviously shrink those odds just a little bit. Again, the Listener's League is not available as of yet, but it'll be added once I get the link and will be available for Monday's Picks and Bet Show with Jeff Feinberg. That will do it for me. Sub to Fantasy National. Smash a like and sub to the channel and the audio podcast. All right? I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.